This is an AMI podcast. I'm Dave Brown, and this is a podcast version of AMI's Morning Show, now with Dave Brown. Catch the live broadcasts weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's look ahead to next week when Samsung is going to be holding their unpacked event and showing off some of their new wares. Mark Aflalo of Double Tap TV is here to help us with that. Of course, you can find Double Tap TV on AMI TV Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time, and you can find Mark Aflalo in Montreal. Hey, good morning, Mark. Oh, we have to bring Mark's mic up. Better now? Yeah, we got Mark. We got Mark loud and clear, loud and clear. I'm well. Always nice to chat with you, Mark, and always like talking about what's going on in the world of Samsung. So we will dive, obviously, deeper once we actually have the event next week on August the 10th. But what are some of the anticipations leading up to the event? Well, the biggest anticipation is that Samsung seems to be going all in on folding devices. This is something they've been alluding to over the past couple of years. We haven't seen every iteration of their their flip and their folding devices necessarily here in Canada. But rumor mill says that everything they're going to be announcing has some kind of flexible screen and or folding device to it. This is something that's really kind of shifting the paradox in terms of what they offer. Not only are we expecting some new flipping and folding phones, they're expecting a little bit lower price point, which we'll get to in a second. But we're also expecting some pretty cool advancements when it comes to their smart watch. This is something that they've been working on for the past several months in a new partnership with Google after switching back off of Google. Now they're back back on with Google. A little on again, off again relationship there. <laughs> and uh, and some new Galaxy Buds. So this is the kind of the precursor. Normally this happens earlier in the year. We really kind of expect this even before the summer. Mm-hmm. But they've pushed the date kind of to coincide with some Apple announcements in September. But it gives them a little bit closer um, launch window in terms of the market of smartphone purchases, which happens in the latter part of the year. Mark, as you said, we'll, we'll talk about price points in just a second here and maybe some of the economical ways that people can get their hands on this new technology. But you mentioned flipping and folding. We know, we know Samsung has started down that pathway for a couple of years now with the Z Flips and the Z Folds, trying to bring back some of that older vibe of the cell yeah. phone. Why do you think the doubling down on this? Do you think the market has actually commanded and demanded this kind of doubling down? It's hard. It's hard to definitively answer that because the market, if all mass in terms of all the smartphone sales, Samsung really still is a market leader when it comes to the use of, of smartphones. Apple is obviously right behind them. And that's really because of certain markets that Samsung is in that Apple is not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you look at North America, it's definitely excuse me, an iPhone an iPhone dominated market. But the second you go overseas, that really does shift a lot. So what Samsung is seeing and the data they're seeing obviously leads them to believe that this flipping and folding devices are becoming more popular, but not only just because of sales, but they're seeing an influx in demand of people asking and wanting these at a better price point because to mm-hmm, date, mm-hmm. these phones have been upwards of fifteen to seventeen, something even two thousand dollars 
when you look at the Canadian dollar. So it's been it's been expensive, but they're seeing an uptick and, and they're going to go all in on this. And it's going to be an interesting gamble and, and an interesting bet. As someone who does not drive and cannot drive, I do see the merit in the flipping and folding in the sense that you might be able to more efficiently carry your phone around, a bigger phone around in a smaller pocket. So I can see where perhaps there would be some utility there that they're identifying. People still want a six point something inch screen, but the phone is too big for their pocket or it's too big for their purse or their clutch. So I can see where maybe there might be some little bit of a tingle there where folks would say this is a more efficient use of space. Although as we've talked about before on the show too, is the hinge actually durable enough for long-term sustainable use? Well, I think they've gotten better with the hinge. I think that technology has improved. I think they've definitely made a lot of improvements there, but it's not only the hinge. I find it's also just the overall form factor of the device Sure, it might fold over, but if it's two inches thick, it's still going to be a pretty bulky phone. Yeah. <laughs> they need to get the mix of both. Something Microsoft's been doing pretty well with the Surface Duo, even though it's not the most popular device. But it shows you how thin they can actually go mm-hmm. with both sides so that when you do fold it, it's about the thickness of today's modern smartphones. That being said, Microsoft hasn't gone in on the folding screens themselves. They you still use separate screens. That's where I have a lot of questions about because the durability of something that folds like that, it, it doesn't fold completely flat. There's mm-hmm. still a curvature in it, which allows the diodes and the information to travel back and forth. But still, to me, that's a pain point. You know, to see a crease, even if it's on an angle, it just gives me the illusion that this is not the most durable device, even though I know that it is. So, Mark, you mentioned price point that we'd yes. seen typically around sort of fifteen, eighteen hundred, maybe even two thousand dollars for some of these devices. Are there any anticipations or any expectations of what the price point might come in at next week? There is there is rumors going around that the folding device, so the one that is basically, <clears throat> sorry, you know, early morning fro- frog in the throat. Uh, we get it, Mark. We get it. We understand. So the folding one that opens, um, I guess, like a book is going to be under the $1,500 U.S. mark. So that will still put it probably about $1,700 Canadian, which is still about four dollars to $500 cheaper than the previous generation. And then we're also hearing that the flipping device, the clamshell model, is going to come in at uh, just at the $1,000 mark. So, I mean, this is a pretty significant price drop in comparison to what mm-hmm. they used to mm-hmm. sell and in comparison to what other people are doing in the market in terms of flagship devices – it's kind of on par. Right. So some folks are going to look at those numbers and still say, ah, oh, gosh, it's a bit high. Oh, yeah. I just got, I just got oh, a yeah. new phone a couple of years ago. So what are some of the things that someone can potentially do if they do want this flip phone, they do want this, fo- this folding phone, but they're a little turned off by the price point? Well, you know, the, the landscape has shifted in, our con- shifted in our country in terms of the carriers subsidizing phones. That being said, there are still opportunities to get older generations and even some discounts on newer generations by signing up to longer-term plans. That's option number one. Number two is, uh, for example, right now, if you sign up to watch the Samsung Impact event at Samsung.com, you're going to get an instant $200 rebate on whatever is going to be announced. So that's a good savings as well. However, if you're one of those people who doesn't necessarily have to hand me down devices like I'm stuck with in my family, there are a lot of trade-in programs. Some carriers offer them themselves. Companies like Best Buy offer them. If you look online, there's actual third-party companies that'll do it, like Go Resell. Uh, A lot of different variations in terms of what the offer is. 
oftentimes you have to submit, uh, you know, uh, kind of details about the phone, then send it in. You'll find out exactly how much you're going to get. Companies like Apple, for example, let you go right into a store and just trade it up on the spot. So they'll do a little analysis right there. The the challenge with a company like Samsung is they don't have any real Samsung stores mm -hmm. in Canada. So you're still stuck going to the Rogers, the Telus, and the Bell. And they don't necessarily have those trade-up programs like the other companies do. That being said, do a quick search online. Even Amazon has a trade-in program because they sell a lot of refurbished devices. Where do you think the the model for this or the, or the desire for companies through this comes from? Is it because of the shortage of microprocessors? Can they pull parts from these older phones and incorporate them into new technology? They can take a, a certain amount of parts, but really it's about harvesting the plastics and the metals because there are gold, there's platinum, there's titanium, and other materials that can be easily recycled and then actually mm -hmm. manufactured into brand new components for new devices. There's, of course, the eco-friendliness. Making your device completely recyclable means that you you know, get a couple points on the, on the eco-friendly kind of radar um, as well. And at the same time, it's also incentive, incentive to get people to get into their newest devices. They want people in their newest devices. They want people experiencing the brand new stuff. And if they can give people a couple bucks off of their already pretty ridiculous profit, then why not do it to get them into the new ones? You mentioned a couple different avenues there. Would you say there's one in particular that is the best value for a consumer? I, I particularly like the site Go Resell, uh, and that's C-E-L-L, -L, so like a play on the word cellular. Um, <laughs> it happens good. to that be a Montreal-based like company. You know, that's pretty cool. And they seem to give me the best value for the devices that I might have on hand. That being said, it does vary and it can change from day to day. For example, today, the prices of the existing flip and fold are still pretty high. However, the day they announce these new devices, those devices are going to go on sale. So if you don't care about the newest and the latest and greatest and, and do want to still have that experience and use the older generation, you're going to get a pretty significant discount on that alone, <laughs> let alone some cash you can get in the pocket for selling your device. Yeah, the Dave Brown model. Always be a couple of years behind, but you can still find yourself a good device just a couple of years behind. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's how I roll, Mark. It's how I roll. That's how Luddites be. Uh, Mark, thank you for this. All the best to you. My pleasure. We'll chat next week. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.